Welcome guys, we're going to be talking about the two-game NBA DFS slate in this video. If you guys are new, my name is DK. Um, I cover content for DraftKings and for Prize Picks. Prize Picks, they are the sponsor of the video. If you're not on Prize Picks, you can use the code DKDFS for 100% match up to $100. I'll put a link down below. And uh, if you're looking for more in-depth content, you can check my Patreon, linked in the description. Okay, so recapping uh, tonight. So uh, this will be a little bit of a shorter video, honestly, just, just a little bit worn down right now, mentally. But um, yeah, I, I posted this on um, Twitter, talked about this a lot in the Discord. It actually is an extremely important concept. It took me a long time to understand this. Like if this was me five years ago, I would have just eaten the chalk. But here's the situation. I was duped with a ton of people in tournaments. Uh, it was very clear how we all, like we played the, the, the 576ers of Maxi Harden, Harris, Melton, and Paul Reed. And... So I asked the question, right? Because it was very obvious that Aiton and Gordon were going to be the, the, the people that, like, everyone had Jamal Murray, everyone had Bruce Brown, and it was, it was either going to be Aiton or Gordon that everyone had. So I asked the question, you know, what is the plus EV move here in tournaments? Now, again, this said, a lot of you might not understand this. This does take a while to understand. But in your last spot, should you have gone Aiton there? Should you have gone Gordon? Or should you have gone MPJ? Now, I had DeAndre Aiton. But I was realizing, especially once I saw all the dupes, like, all right, I'm going to be duped a ton. If I keep eight and this is a minus EV move, doesn't matter the outcome. The, the results are meaningless, right? What is the plus EV move in this for the last spot here? It's to go Michael Porter Jr. There's about three or four people that want Aiton, three or four people that want Gordon. I was the only one that went MPJ. Oh, yeah, it's like I didn't cash tonight, but it was the right move in tournaments. It was the plus EV move. And, and why is that, right? Because you want to avoid dupes when you can without being, like, stupid. Now, if going Michael Porter Jr. over Aiton or Gordon would have sacrificed, like, 10 points in projection, then it wouldn't have made sense. I also debated KCP Bruce Brown, which if I would have won that, I would have won, like, $500. And th 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 those are the two pivots I was looking to. Because I was looking, I was messing with a lot of pivots. Because I knew, I had, again, I had dupe a ton. The Jokic one that I would have went to, I, it sacrificed too many points in projections. It had like Jokic and then like Jeff Green and like one other value. I forget what exactly it was, but I was like, eh, I, I was like, I think I'm sacrificing too much. Like, you know what? I'll just go Michael Porter Jr. over DeAndre Ayton. I'll swap from Ayton to Michael Porter Jr. And again, it's like, even though I didn't cash, it was the right move. It was the plus EV move. Um, so that is like an extremely important concept that you should understand in GPPs. That again, you want to avoid dupes when possible, as long as you're not sacrificing too much. Now, again, if, if Michael Porter Jr. over eight and would have like cost me like 20 points of projection, I wouldn't have done it, right? Um, again, the other pivot I, I was thinking of was ACP over Bruce Brown. And if I want that, I would have won 500 bucks. So, like, is what it is. Um, also, just a little bit worn down, like, Jokic had like 25 potential assists, and Denver just couldn't hit a shot. Um, went four and three in prize picks overall, which is still a solid day, but man, it was just like, like I said, just a little bit worn down. So, um, that's a recap of everything. Again, I wanted to talk about that because it, it is an extremely important concept. So, I, I did want to uh, mention this in the video. Like, if I didn't care about making you guys better DFS players, I, I wouldn't have brought that up. Right? And, that, and that's what I talked about in the Discord, too. I was like, if, if I didn't care, if I didn't care about, you know, trying to make people better DFS players, wouldn't even mention it, right? Um, but the, the reason I'm bringing it up, the reason I brought it up in the Discord, and the reason I brought it up in this video is because it's, an, it's a very important concept to understand. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so, and, and I asked the question and a lot of people answer. And again, I'm in another Discord with a lot of sharps. I, I put that question in there. Every single one answered Michael Porter Jr. Every single one. And there's answers that go, like most people got this right. And they said Michael Porter Jr. So regardless of the outcome, regardless of what happened tonight. Yeah, yes, if I would have kept eight and I would have won like $400. I zero regret. Zero. I will do that again in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, that is everything. And uh, let's talk about this uh, two-game slate. So Miami, New York, uh, Jimmy Butler, questionable, huge news, obviously. If he misses, you're going to get uh, most likely a, a bump, or you are going to get a usage bump for like Gabe Vincent, uh, Bam, Kyle Lowry. Those guys should run the offense. I would guess if Jimmy's out, you probably get Martin in the starting lineup. But you just get a combination of everyone would benefit big time. Bam and Abayo would probably be the go-to guy. He would look really good. Gabe Vincent should, should play huge minutes. He would look great. Lowry would probably get a minutes bump off the bench. Martin most likely would start. Kevin Love's minutes would be secure. Um, he only played 16 minutes last game, but he would play a lot more, in my opinion. Max Struess, again, he would get a lot of minutes if he can make his shots. You know, he can get you there. And then Duncan Robinson would probably play a little bit more, too. I think Highsmith, if he's available, would uh, play some minutes as well and maybe a little bit of run for Cody Zeller. But basically, everyone benefits big time if Jimmy Butler is out. There would be blowout risk, though, if he is out. If Jimmy Butler is in, it's kind of the same situation as always of, like, Jimmy looks good. I mean, he's done everything for the team, so I have no issue if you want to go there. Bam would still be solid, but I think he would be relatively low-owned. Um, and then I would still like Gabe Benson and Lowry. I mentioned I like those guys for, for tournaments last slate. They both absolutely smashed, so um, would like them. Again, even if Jimmy is um, even Jimmy's in. Uh, the rest, like Martin, Struess, Love, Duncan, would be more secondary plays if Butler does play. For New York, we got two questionable players here with Brunson and Randall. Huge news, obviously. If they're both out, well, quickly would start. Uh, you would get the offense running through quickly and Barrett and, and Toppin and Hart. Those guys all look phenomenal. Um, starting lineup would would be uh, quickly Hart, Barrett, Toppin, Robinson. Um, and then you'd probably get solid run for Grimes off the bench. Hartenstein would play the backup five. And you probably would get like McBride or Fournier dusted off and they would get some minutes. Um, so if that is the case, if both Brunson and Randall are out, then yeah, love Barrett, love Hart, love Top, and love Quickly. Basically, love everyone on the Knicks. If one of these two are in and the other one is out, then like I like whoever's in between Brunson and Randall. So if like if Randall's in and Brunson's out, I like Randall a lot. Um, if Brunson's in and Randall's out, I like Brunson a lot. So if it's one of those two, like whoever does play, I like quite a bit. And then if they're both in then um, I think that Brunson and Randall would still be solid plays. They wouldn't be priorities, Brunson A4, Randall 6-9, but they would be both solid plays. It would kind of depend on what happens with the Miami situation as well with how I'd want to approach it. And then guys like Barrett and Hart would be secondary plays. Toppin would be out of play for me if Randall plays because he would move to the bench. And then, yeah, everyone else kind of be secondary plays. The centers plus quickly would be secondary options. So, um, yeah, like I said, the, the, the status of Brunson and Randall is massive for tomorrow. And then the game that I'm excited for, Lakers and Warriors, um, you got LeBron at 10-1, AD at 10-K. Um, in the up-tempo matchup, I think both are pretty solid plays. Um, you know, no issue with, with either. You know, Looney was really solid defensively, so it'll be interesting to see how AD uh, matches up with him. Also, to mention, the Lakers basically ran an eight-man rotation last game um, with Wen and Gabriel playing a little bit in the uh, first half, but they basically played seven guys most of the half, so... If they go with that rotation again for the Lakers, then it is pretty appealing for these mid-range guys like Reeves and Russell. You know, Vanderbilt and Schroeder would look better. Rui would look better. These guys would all look a lot better. 
if they continue to not play Beasley and Troy Brown in a competitive game like they did last time. So if they do go that route, the mid-range looks way better. The mid-range already looks good. Like, I'm really high on Reeves. I think he's one of my favorite plays in the mid-range. I like D'Lo. Um, D'Lo, a little bit more boomer bust, but we saw the ceiling game from him last time out. Rui at 4-5 um, would look a little bit better if they run that more condensed rotation. And then Vanderbilt and Schroeder would be solid punt plays, again, if they run that type of rotation again. Probably would lean Schroeder over Vanderbilt, but both would be decent options. Um, you know, guys like Beasley, Lining, like those guys didn't play until garbage time last time out. So um, if they run that same rotation again, there's a lot to like here for the Lakers in the mid-range. Um, and uh, yeah, let's finish up with Golden State. So Golden State, uh, you got Steph Curry at 9-9. Uh, we saw the massive game from him. Um, he looks decent at the top. The mid-range, once again, I think looks pretty good. Wiggins, Clay, Looney, Draymond all look like solid, solid options. I wouldn't call any of these guys priorities, but you should get high 30s minutes from Wiggins and Clay. Um, Looney probably plays low 30s minutes. He should be the primary defender on AED. He had a massive game last game. The only concern I would have with Looney is potential foul trouble. And then um, Draymond Green probably plays... Uh, well, we should see if they, what they do with the starting lineup. If they start Draymond, uh, again, then I like him. Um, if they go Poole, then Draymond's more of a secondary play. Um, Poole, really been struggling in the playoffs so far, but he's 5.2K. I think it'd be an interesting tournament play. And then you get this combination of value, like DiVincenzo, Peyton, Moody, that would all look relatively similar to me. DiVincenzo only played eight minutes last game. Um, Moody played... Like, they kind of go with a hot hand with these guys, with Moody, Peyton, uh, DiVincenzo. So, um, no real super strong takes for those guys. No one I would feel good about, but... Um, those guys are viable, like, dart throws in, in tournaments. So that's going to wrap up the video. Apologize for it being a little bit of a shorter video. But like I said, I'm just, I, that last game took it out of me, man. It took it out of me. So I appreciate you guys for watching, as always. Good luck, and we'll see you in the next video.